0: Hello listeners, I'm Michael Lanspo with the American Thoracic Society. Thank you for listening. This Breathe Easy podcast is brought to you today by the Environmental Occupational and Population Health Assembly. I'm joined today by Dr. Kent Pinkerton, Professor of Pediatrics at UC Davis School of Medicine and Professor of Anatomy, Physiology, and Cell Biology at the UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine. He's also the Director of the Western Center for Agricultural Health and Safety and a prolific researcher on the effects of environmental air pollutants on lung inflammation and disease. First, thank you, Dr. Pinkerton, for joining me. Thank you. I'd like to start by asking, what are Californians inhaling right now? What's the composition of this sort of particulate matter, and how does it differ from other sorts of environmental particles?
1: Well, as many are aware, we're suffering from terrible wildfires, both in Northern California as well as in Southern California. Uh, These wildfires have been devastating, uh, not only because of the dry conditions that exist at the moment that really foster Uh, the burning of vegetative matter, plants, and uh, other uh, combustible products, but also the fact that we have high winds, which is spreading the wildfires in an uncontrolled fashion. The issues that really exist with uh, exposure to wildfire particles is is the fact that uh, it can be made up of of a wide variety of things. This consists of gases, particles... Uh, water vapors. Uh, but in addition to all of this, which provide an ample source for irritation to the respiratory tract, that there are other components that may be involved with wildfires that we really don't know. Since many of these wildfires are, are interfacing with areas of agriculture where we have pesticide applications, as well as the fact that fire retardants are being dumped onto these areas, which further complicate the complexity and potential toxicity of the uh, particles and the air quality that
0: people are exposed to. How does environmental smoke cause lung inflammation?
1: One of the things that uh, appear to be really important to keep in mind when anything causes lung inflammation is the ability for it to be inhaled into the respiratory tract. There are many particles that may be environmental that may be greater than 10 microns in size, and these typically do not remain suspended in the air for very long, but uh, particles that are generated through wildfire can actually uh, create an irritation that typically uh, involves the nose or the throat but not necessarily uh, the lower respiratory tract. For those particles that are generated that are less than 2.5 microns in size, those have the ability to enter deep into the lungs where they can uh, cause an irritation. The deposition of these particles can be anywhere within the respiratory tract from the upper uh, nose to the nasopharynx, uh, down through the bronchial tree and into the deep lung where gas exchange is occurring. Whenever these particles deposit, they can elicit a response that typically um, involves an inflammation or inflammatory cells, uh, predominantly macrophages that are resident within the lungs uh, that serve as um, a cell help to ingest these materials and try to clear them from the lungs. But there can also be particles that are deposited that are very fine that can actually deposit on airway surfaces, on epithelial cells, where they can be taken directly up into these epithelial cells and be retained for longer periods of time. A combination of all of these events leads to the kind of irritation that can exacerbate respiratory conditions such as asthma or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. They also have the ability, whether it's due to a local factor of producing inflammation in the lungs, that then can be transmitted systemically to have other effects that may be cardiovascular uh, in nature, uh, also producing other health conditions. Possibly the greatest considerations that we have to keep in mind are for for people who already have pre-existing respiratory or cardiovascular conditions that these environmental particles can exacerbate that condition tremendously. And it does appear as though particles generated through wildfires are producing a more toxic effect than we see through just typical urban ambient air pollution.
0: What do you think the respiratory effects are of chronic exposure to PM2.5 or these fine particles, as, as opposed to a single exposure from a campfire or something like that?
1: I think chronic exposure to particles is something that we still don't have a very good grasp on. Uh, chronic exposures uh, are assumed over time to have potentially a cumulative effect. However, it's typically these acute exposures uh, such as to a campfire smoke, where we really experience those effects immediately and they become very obvious. But those those effects typically are transient um, in terms of a, a single exposure <clears throat> that show clearance or uh, show improvement over a period of time, usually within a few days. The concern that we have with chronic inhalation of environmental particulate matter is that that can have as the name suggests a cumulative impact on many of the cells within the respiratory system whether it be the inflammatory cells that are that are resident within the the lung or those signaling factors that recruit inflammatory cells from the circulation into the lung that lead to a persistent higher level of inflammation that initially is therefore a defense mechanism, but may also lead to adverse health effects with a chronic inflammatory response. So these are the sorts of things that we still are trying to investigate, uh, but don't completely understand what, is, what the long-term sequelae may be.
0: You, you'd mentioned earlier about the difference between PM10 and PM2.5, you know, uh, particulate matter. Uh, how, how does that size uh, affect respiratory health?
1: PM10 are particles that are 10 microns in size or less. These are typically particles that come from a variety of different sources. Uh, Perhaps the most predominant source is from simply crustal materials, dust that may be generated uh, during um, a a process of blowing wind uh, as such. Particles such as that are thought to have some potential for uh, producing health effects, um, especially those that, that might pass the filtering system of our nose and enter down into the lower respiratory tract. However, those particles are typically cleared fairly efficiently from the lungs. In contrast, PM 2.5, or particles that are 2.5 microns in diameter or less, are more easily uh, found to enter into the respiratory tract to deposit uh, within the airways and within the deep lung where gas exchange is occurring, where they can be retained for much longer periods of time. So that retention allows for these particles to interact with cells of different types that may lead to a persistent inflammation, a chronic irritation that leads to the recruitment of more immune effector cells from the circulation to com- combat and try to remove them from the lungs. The longer a particle remains in the lung, the more access it has to entering into into spaces where they are not easily cleared. Um, Once a particle is in the airspace and then enters into the epithelium and is transported into the interstitium, the retention of those particles can be for a very long period of time where, again, they serve as a source of irritation and potential inflammation to the respiratory tract.
0: I wanted to uh, ask a question that's probably more personal for me. I live in Salt Lake City, which is uh, known for having significant air pollution. On days with heavy air pollution, at-risk populations are directed to stay indoors, and most houses aren't very airtight. I was curious what your thoughts were about whether staying indoors actually reduces exposure to air pollution.
1: The, the ability to stay indoors, especially during times of poor air quality, is a partial protective mechanism. It is true that being indoors is not a complete protection from the penetration of particles from the outside to the inside. However, there are many mechanisms that are being used, such as air conditioners or HEPA filters, that will be able to eliminate a large number of these particles, perhaps not all of them, but those can actually be very beneficial. And it is really a given that when one has a poor air quality day, that the recommendation is to spend time indoors rather than going outdoors, to reduce the amount of exercise that you may be engaged in, especially outdoors, but uh, even indoors. And then also, while indoors, to um, minimize any activities that may cause an increase in the concentration of particles in the house, such as using a wood stove, or having a fire in the fireplace, or burning of candles. All of these things can contribute to a poor indoor air quality. So, again, those would be measures that one should follow to minimize the amount of exposure indoors on bad air days.
0: Aside from staying indoors, I've also seen people outside or cycling to work wearing an N95 mask. Do you think that intervention works?
1: That is at least some partial protection, but an N95 mask will only work if it's properly fitted to the individual. A poorly fitted mask will not provide the protection that is necessary. It's also important to keep in mind that the use of uh, paper masks or surgical masks are really not going to provide any protection uh, outdoors because, again, They are not providing the proper filtration or fitting that allow for uh, the protection that is needed. Another concept that one has to deal with, too, is the idea of using a towel or a neckerchief that you've put water on. And again, that shows no protection at all from exposure to particles outdoor.
0: Well, that's certainly good to know. Any last thoughts you have on how to deal with the respiratory effects of wildfires?
1: Well, I think that it's important to keep in mind to be aware of some of the um, symptoms that may occur that little, literally let you know that you're being affected by wildfire smoke or your family is. These symptoms could be um, fairly di- diverse, but could include watery or dry eyes, Uh, persistent cough or phlegm or wheeze, uh, noticing your throat is scratchy, or having irritated sinuses. Uh, Also, I I think it's important to keep in mind that wildfire smoke can initiate headaches, shortness of breath. They could even uh, initiate an, uh, an asthmatic attack or irritation to the lung, as well as cardiovascular effects such as an irregular heartbeat or chest pain or fatigue, um, and I think an, or also dizziness. So I think those are things that one should keep in mind. And again, to protect you and your family from any harmful effects of smoke, it really is wise to stay indoors whenever possible with with the doors and windows closed to reduce any sources of indoor air pollution such as tobacco smoke or wood-burning stove or burning candles, and also, again, to use high-efficiency HEPA air-cleaning filters uh, in your home. But again, I think especially for those of us here in California, as we consider the devastating effects of the wildfires that are ongoing at this time. But we need to really be aware of how we can further protect ourselves by basically being aware of air quality, being aware of what is the current state of the fires that are burning within the state, and then also being ready to evacuate at a moment's notice with the idea in mind uh, that you really want to not stay in a smoky area, but to get away from these areas. And if you have to travel through a smoky area, certainly be sure that you have your air conditioner in your car on a recirculating uh, basis. So those were just some ideas that I would have in mind, especially as we're dealing with so many uh, issues of wildfires at the present time here in the state of California.
0: Well, this is great advice, and I appreciate the time that you've spent to answer our questions. This concludes this Breathe Easy podcast. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Kent Pinkerton, a professor at UC Davis. Thank you. It's
1: my pleasure.
0: For any of our listeners who are interested in getting more information, the American Thoracic Society website has a list of clinical resources and recommendations on how to deal with the California wildfires available on thoracic.org, professionals, clinical resources. This is Michael Lanspa for the American Thoracic Society. Thank you.